Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. first-time listeners, and you're like, what in the world does finding your lighthouse mean? You need to get a really nice, big, cozy cashmere sweater, pull out a map, and start driving. Yeah. Um, essentially, in our pilot episode, for those of you who have not listened or who already forgot because it was too ridiculous to listen to. That's understandable. I mean, they didn't even get the whole story, so. I mean, yeah, that's, they're, um, they're missing out. Right. Essentially, we were talking about how my future looks bright in the sense <laughs> that I'm going to die alone and live in a lighthouse yeah. on the New England coast somewhere, a rocky coast, the best kind. ideally, live in a lighthouse as the bog witch that I am, Beautiful. and basically wear Victorian dresses and sing to wayfaring ships yep. every night, or just sing to the coast, because why not? That is my future. And my goal is to live in a lighthouse <laughs> and live my best life <laughs> as the town crazy person. And I'm 100% about that. I feel like that is my purpose in life. Yeah, so okay. today, we are going to be talking about what your lighthouse is. What is your purpose in this life? Because we all have a different purpose. We all have something that basically what makes us us mm-hmm. and what will be our ultimate goal in this life. Right, exactly. It's like your your life's mission, ultimately. I So I grew up homeschooled from uh, fifth grade till college, and we had we used this education system. It's called the Thomas Jefferson Youth something or other. I don't know. Uh, you'll find it in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was all about building statesmen and about building a foundation um, to find out who you're supposed to be as a person to help the world around you, ultimately. Um, that's like the, at the very core. I mean, it tied in a little bit of religion, it tied in a lot of politics, it tied in a lot of random things, but that was the main gist, uh, to find your purpose and to build your way and get there. And that's something that is also very important within our church, to be able to be who you're meant to be, um, to do what you're meant to do. We tend to focus it in a very specific way or two, um, especially in the singles war. Oh gosh, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Just, you know, the insert heavy eye roll here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, the unspoken word that you've probably mentioned on this podcast marriage. (laughs) The horror. The forbidden word. (laughs) (laughs) The word where you say it in a singles ward and like someone drops a glass and like someone does the home alone scream, (laughs) like, ah! And then someone throws up in the corner and somebody else runs out of the room crying. Yes, like Exactly. That's what the that's level it. we're at with this word. Pretty much. Which, I mean, it's a great thing. It's something that we should all be, you know, striving towards. But at the same time, that is not our main goal or our main purpose in this lifetime. Because once we do get married, that's not when everything suddenly falls into place. It's just another milestone that some people are able to accomplish during this lifetime. While that is something good to focus on, there's still a lot more of life that we need to focus on, especially as single adults um, within the church. And we want to consider all of our options and to see where we can take ourselves in this life, to do all that we can to be the children of God um, that 
our Heavenly Father knows that we can be. And I think going with that, it's that marriage isn't this final step, like you said, where once you've made it to that spot, that like you're done after that. No. Because literally (laughs) marriage is just like one step on the road towards Mm -hmm. eternal life. And sometimes marriage happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. Or sometimes you get married, you realize that that person was not the right person and you end up getting divorced. That doesn't mean that you failed in this life. That just means that your life is taking a different path than what you originally thought it would be. But ultimately it's the path that Heavenly Father needed you to take. Right, exactly. And I mean... There is a very there is very much a focus on the family within mm-hmm. the church, which is super important. But the concept of family can be a little bit more flexible than let's just say it in the proclamation to the of the family to the family. The I can family never proclamation. Remember. The family proclamation. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it's just sometimes we're not going to end up getting married. We're not going to end up having a family on this earth. So we need to keep that in mind. And not just consider that to be the final step, but also not to keep waiting on everything and to put everything on hold until that happens. Yeah. Because, I mean, and I've known plenty of returned missionaries who are happy to be back. They're happy with where they've been and everything. But then they're like, okay, I have to get married. I have to get married. I have to. I have to. I have to. Yeah. I've had a couple friends, and I'm sorry. I'm not going to call you out by name. I promise. (laughs) I love you, you dearly. Big names. I love you dearly, and your marriages are wonderful. And I don't want you to think that I'm talking crap <laughs> about you, like really. But I have had a couple friends who have said that if they aren't able to make a decision about a person they're dating within the amount of time that a transfer happens, like what? within six weeks. Six weeks. If you don't know whether or not you want to marry this person within six weeks, six then weeks. you have problems. That's like not even two months. How? I feel like that's, like, a really dangerous timeline. I mean, if you were spending every minute together during those six weeks, then sure. Even still, get away from me. Like, Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's still not enough. Like, Uh uh-uh. I don't know. You need to see someone on their full spectrum. But, yeah, that's a thing. And you're not going to see that in six weeks. But anyways, that's for another episode. (laughs) We're going to talk about marriage and dating. More on that later. Another time. But anyways. important things to talk about. Back to finding your lighthouse. (laughs) So, Heavenly Father has a purpose. His purpose, as we've learned from Moses 139, is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of mankind. That's his purpose. Mm -hmm. I really like specifically how it says immortality and eternal life of mankind. So, it's not, I am here to bring to pass the Mm -hmm. marriage and family and eternal life of families. Like, obviously, we are all going for an eternal family. Obviously. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember that you come from an eternal family also. Like, you already have a family. Like, I'm not trying to say that, like, you need to only worry about the family that you already have and not worry about creating your own eternal family. But, like, you need to recognize that you are still going to have immortality and eternal life as a single person just as much as you're going to have that as a married person. Yes, your individuality matters. Yeah. And it matters a lot. And we tend to bury that mm-hmm. under um, the concept of family and under a, a few things within the church, which is which is good to a certain extent. Um, I mean, we know how important it is through President Hinckley's uh, many lessons about losing yourself in God's work. Yeah. Which is very valuable, but we do have to consider that to remember that our own purpose does matter and our individuality matters. Heavenly Father has a specific plan for each and every one of us also. This is my favorite thing. So, like, when we were in, like, Young Women's, they used to talk about 
praying to know what God's plan is for you when it comes to like what school you're supposed to go to if you're supposed to go on a mission like the big milestone type of questions but like my young women leader used to say heavenly father has a specific plan for you Mm -hmm. and the more you pray to know what that plan is the more information he's going to give you so it's not just where you're going to go to school but it's literally like what job am I supposed to take where am I supposed to move am I supposed to stay in this relationship am I supposed to stay friends with this certain person like every single decision that we have to make in our lives heavenly father has an answer for essentially and if we are willing to follow whatever that answer is then we will know exactly what the plan is that heavenly father has for us as the time comes yeah, so he, he knows what we're doing. He's always there for us, and we just have to keep our hearts and our minds open to him, mm-hmm. our spirits open to him. Um, and so we also did a, a good bit of research in uh, preparing for this episode because our concept of our metaphor for the lighthouse does vary a little bit from some of the insights that we've been able to find. Um, so there's a lot of different lighthouse metaphors within church doctrine and talks and everything and so we wanted to bring up a few of those and one of the ones i want to share was uh comes from president thomas s monson when he spoke in the october 2014 general conference and this kind of relates a little bit to what you're saying a minute before tracy Mm -hmm. about he says that man can devise the most complex machines but cannot give them life or bestow upon them the powers of reason and judgment these are divine gifts bestowed only by god like the vital rudder of a ship well it says brethren because it's in the, in the priest. Brethren like, and sisters. Brethren and sisters, yes. <laughs> like the vital rod of a ship, we have been provided a way to determine the direction we travel. The lighthouse of the Lord beckons to well as we sail the seas of life. Our purpose is to steer an undeviating course toward our desired goal, even the celestial kingdom of God. A man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder, never likely to reach home port. To us comes a signal. Charge your course, set your sail, position your rudder, and proceed. A man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. If we can't think about what our purpose is, or even if we can't think about what our goals are in our lives, because each and every one of us has different goals about things that we want to accomplish personally. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously Heavenly Father has things that he wants us to accomplish, but he wants to know what our goals are. Yes. If we don't have a purpose, if we don't have goals, where are we going? We're not going anywhere. We're literally just going to be sitting in the water or we're going to be going wherever the waves or the currents take us yes. and we're not going to be able to have a sure path or any sort of direction. Mm-hmm. So I really love how he compares man without a purpose to a ship without a rudder. Right, exactly. And I know we, we re- reiterate the, the, what do you call them, the, the church answers for everything. Yeah. Um, the Sunday <laughs> school answers. They are, you know, pray. There, read your scriptures, go to church. We do have things that we should do um, to stay on the path, but those aren't really goals. They're just things that we should be doing. They're not, I, I don't want to call them habits because that sometimes denotes like, okay, it's, it's just a habit. You do it over and over again. What I'm trying to say is that we don't just have vague instructions that we should follow and that'll get us to the celestial kingdom. You're not going to accidentally just like walk into heaven. You can't just, you know, be like, oh yeah, I, I, I did this. I did that. Okay, I'm good. I'm here. I'm in heaven. Yeah. I have surprise. a reservation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, 
it's not like that. You have to set real goals. You need to be like, I am doing this for a reason. I am doing yeah. this because I have purpose in my life. And so while our eternal goal might be to get to the celestial kingdom with purpose along the way, but then that also means that we do need to be having that kind of same purpose with this life, that we are having goals and to achieve things in this lifetime that we have, this mortal life. And that kind of goes perfectly into this next quote that we have. It's by Marvin K. Gardner from the 2005 March Liahona. He says, the temple is like a lighthouse. As members fix their gaze on the temple, they have hope. Of course, there are tribulations and challenges, but the Lord lightens their load. There can be war and iniquity all around us, but because of the temple, we can have peace and enjoy the love of our families and the Lord. What more could we want? Just like you said, we're not going to just stumble into heaven. There's obviously going to be something that's drawing us there. So like your goals, your good works, everything that you've been doing, the way that you've been living your life, the way that you've been keeping your covenants and keeping the commandments, all of that stuff. And then the temple is going to ultimately give you that guide and direction on how to get to eternal life. It's going to help you stay focused. It's going to help you stay strong going to give you all of the answers and comfort and strength that you need to be able to go through this life. So even though, you know, life is going to be a mess, uh-huh. and we'll talk more about how life is a mess <laughs> in a little bit, but like, yes, life is a mess, but as you focus on the reasons why you're following Christ, especially by going to the temple, you're going to be able to find that purpose God has for you. Agreed. And I mean, that even counts as one of the goals that you can have during this lifetime to, to go there at least once in your lifetime, to go there as often as you can in your lifetime. There are just so many opportunities to create goals in our life, whether they are short-term or long-term. And actually, goal setting is one of my favorite things to do, even though I'm not always good at keeping them. I always like, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do in the next six weeks. Here's what I'm going to do in the next year. Here's the next three years, five years. It does not always pan out. Which is totally fine, and I think that's (laughs) something else that also needs to be said, because sometimes our goals either get accomplished and then we're done, and then we might feel a moment where like, oh, what do we do now? Um, Then there's going to be other times where it doesn't come to pass, where you don't end up meeting that goal, where you have to take another direction or something. It's just how life is. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, part of you, yeah, should definitely take it in stride, but you just have to adjust and work with the Lord, preferably, and see where that takes you. Honestly, you're like talking about my life right now. Yeah. And I feel very triggered. No. (laughs) Not triggered, but like, (laughs) it's just, I feel like my life is in shambles all around me. It is confetti on the ground and I'm trying to pick it up, but all the pieces of confetti keep like flying away. And I'm like, cool. So I had this idea and you said, yay. And now you say, nay, but also yay. So like, (laughs) what is my purpose at this point? So I literally like can feel this so deeply of just, Uh it's so frustrating to have your life be a complete mess and disaster around you and I will be the first one to say your life is going to be a mess and a disaster at some point but it's okay and you'll survive because I'm literally living proof that like I'm surviving yeah I'm not dead that is true sometimes I wish a bus would hit me don't we all? But I'm not actively going into traffic to get hit by <laughs> oh, said bus, nice. <laughs> which is really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> through all of this craziness that I have been through over the last few years, 
I just can't help but think that like if I hadn't been choosing to keep the commandments this entire time that this time would be so much worse for me than it is right now. I'm still trying really hard to stay as close to the Savior as possible because I know that this time of my life would be so much worse if I did not have the Savior in my life and if I didn't have the gospel. Agreed. Agreed. And it actually reminds me of something I read the other day. I will have to look for it and hope I can share it on our Instagram or something sometime in the future. But it was a church leader pointing out a few verses somewhere in the Bible or Book of Mormon saying that, yes, the Lord will give us more than what we can handle. Whereas, like, I kind of grew up with the mentality like, oh, the Lord will give me just what I can handle and everything will be okay. Like, it'll always work out. Yeah, my eyes are deaf definitely opened um in the last couple of years I've got like really hard for a lot of different reasons but I've gone through my own trials like we all have sometimes it is where we're at the point where we're getting so much layered on top of us that we're kind of crashing onto the ground and that's going to happen but as long as you've been trying to keep the Lord in your life somehow as long as you're willing to turn to him he will help pick up that load whether it's right away whether it's a little bit he's not going to leave you you know stranded in the dirt buried under all of the responsibilities and trials and pain that we're all suffering we just have to be willing to turn to the Lord and hope it is better when we try at least during the entirety of that time to to stay close to him yeah and we had this amazing high councilman in our ward for a long time here Mm -hmm. um and the one talk that he gave that I will never forget, probably for as long as I live, is he talked about this woman who used to be in a family ward with him who went through the most trials, like physical trials of like sickness and health problems ever that mm. could possibly happen to a person. And like she just kept yeah. getting pulverized. Oh. And she had given her testimony in fast and testimony meeting and she had said like, I've been asking the Lord, how much longer do I have to be in the refiner's fire? Like, I understand that I need to become better, but how much longer do I have to be in this refiner's fire? And the Lord literally just said to her, until you're refined. And when he said that in this talk, I was like, this is everything that I need to hear for the rest of my life because I know that the Lord is not going to keep me in the refiner's fire Mm -hmm. until I'm like burnt to a crisp and completely like dead. (laughs) Yes. But like he's going to keep me in long enough until I am that refined piece of metal that he needs to like sculpt with and mold with and do all of those other things until he's burned out all of the impurities Mm -hmm. and the imperfections that I have. Yeah. And so the longer that I'm in this refiner's fire (laughs) that I'm going through currently even though I hate it about 85% of the time. (laughs) There's that other little, like, 15% of the time where I'm like, the Lord really loves me. He really wants me to be better. I need to try. I need to work harder, and I need to do better so that way I can become refined as well. So that whole thought process of I am going to be in the refiner's fire until I'm finally refined, that is something that keeps playing through my mind also. All right, and then, yeah, as you were talking, it reminds me of the whole premise of endure to the end. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, When we think about enduring to the end, I feel like some of us are just like, okay, yeah, hold on to the rod forever, you know. Um, But it really is enduring. And, you know, I just imagine, like, someone trying to fight against the wind in a blizzard, you know. Like, they can't see 
they can't, they can't see where they're walking. They can't really see where they're going, but they have to trust that they know the direction that they're going in. And sometimes that's just what we have to do, that we have to just try to keep moving a little bit at a time to not stay buried under our burdens, to turn to the Lord and see what we can still do about it. Yeah. Um, to not ultimately give up completely. It kind of makes you think about the um, the vision that Lehi has of the tree of life, too, mm-hmm. in First Nephi, where he is talking about how there's the rod of iron and it leads in a straight course directly to the tree of life. Right. And that people were holding onto it in varying degrees of like strength. Mm-hmm. So like there were the people that were just like had their hand like basically on it and like yeah. were going along. But then when the mist of darkness came, they lost their way because they weren't really committed to holding onto the rod of iron. And then there were those that were like clinging to it for dear life and like Dude, holding on to it mm-hmm. so tightly the more they went down the path to the tree of life that when they finally got to the tree they fell on the ground and were just like I finally made it yes. and those are the times when I feel like that's probably what's going on <laughs> in my life currently is I'm like I'm like holding on to it but I'm not moving yeah. <laughs> I'm just like standing just, there like I'm holding it that's what matters right now leaving this right now yeah but I just, I just think that like, as you're trying to find your purpose in your life and you're trying to find that purpose with the savior, obviously that purpose, that like tree is the goal. Yes. The ultimate goal. But like, you have to figure out like, how are you going to get there? And I'm trying to get there by like clinging to death to this rod right, right. now, because that's the only way I'm going to get there <laughs> at this point. Like uh-huh. everything else is like confusion and maybe the ground is falling off. Right. around my feet I don't know it's like angels landing that hike I think that the more we focus on the savior and on our relationship with him and our covenants and those like standard answers of like yeah. reading the scriptures praying going to church going mm-hmm. to the temple those simple answers that we always mm-hmm. give those are the ways that we're really going to find our purpose in the end Exactly, which is so important. And I feel like I'm getting to that point where I am starting to try to learn what it means to really cling to the iron rod, to hold it with both hands, and to have that goal. Because, yeah, sure, I've always been like, yeah, I want to be in the social kingdom. Like, of course, why wouldn't that be my goal? But am I really doing things that will get me there? I've had to reconsider that with my life because I've, I've focused on my temple goals so much recently that I'm not focused on the spiritual ones. And so that's something that I've had to work on. And it's something that we need to constantly keep in mind because while we do need to focus on both sets of goals, it's important to keep in mind the ultimate goal, which hopefully is the celestial kingdom. Um, Ultimately, we have to decide on where we are on the iron rod if we're on there at all. I just thought of my favorite scripture. Yeah. For those of you that want to follow along, (laughs) you don't have to. But if you want to, it's in 2 Nephi. It's 2 Nephi 31, verse 20. So it says, Wherefore, you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if you pressed forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. That's really good, yes. We all are hoping for eternal life at the end of this. But how are you specifically going to do that? So he says, number one, press forward with steadfastness in Christ. Yes. Two, have a perfect brightness of hope. Three, have a love of God and of all mankind. And then four, feast upon the words of Christ. So those are the simple ways, Nephi says, 
that you can have eternal life. And if you do all those things, literally thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Yes, exactly. And uh, I, I love that. I hadn't thought about scripture in that way before. Thank you for teaching me. You're welcome. Um, and it reminds me of this book that I bought called The Zookeeper's Secret. And it talks about finding your purpose and your role in life here. And I mentioned zookeepers because it is the zookeepers who have been found to be the most satisfied and happy in their jobs. Not because that they get paid better, because they often do not get paid well at all. Mm -hmm. Because they care about their animals because to them working with animals is a calling within their life that they didn't just fall into it they went in there with purpose with hope and with love the lord knows exactly what he's doing we just have to be ready to follow him and to accept what he's trying to tell us ultimately and then that leads me into one of the other thoughts that i want to share also by president thomas s monson and he shared this in 2001 it was in a message to the youth of the church and he said Wherever we may be, our Heavenly Father can hear and answer the prayer offered in faith. When you, my dear young friends, choose your friends with caution, plan your future with purpose, and frame your light with faith, you will merit the companionship of the Holy Spirit. You will have a perfect brightness of hope. You will testify through your own experience to the truth of the Lord's promise, where I, the Lord, am merciful and gracious unto those who fear me and delight to honor those who serve me in righteousness and in truth unto the end. Great shall be their reward, and eternal shall be their glory. The lighthouse of the Lord provides the unfailing way. May we follow those guiding signals it sends to you and to me, that we may find our way safely home. Anyways, I just really love that message, that those guiding signals, they're, they're both spiritual, but they're also going to help us in this temporal world as well. We have all these guiding signals that we have within our life, whether they come directly from the church and its leaders, from the scriptures, or even from, from our, our temporal world, that can bring good things. I don't, I don't know, I just love how all the things in the church are going to help us both in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come. Um, I think we sometimes take it for granted, and it's important that we just consider those guidance signals and put them to use. Yeah. The Lord has laid out all of these things for us, and it's up to us to, like, pull these things out and to actually put them to use right. in our whole, like, building our house, building our purpose, whatever else it is. Yes. And doing it the way that the Lord has intended for us to do it. Like, I think about that, the story of the current bush. Okay. It's from a few years ago in conference. I think mm -hmm. it's from, like, 2010. Oh, just kidding. It's <laughs> April 2011. It's, um... Tracy. I know, gosh, right. I'm so yeah. wrong. <laughs> um, it's D. Todd Christofferson's talk. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how this, like, master of the vineyard or master of an orchard or some sort of farm <laughs> of some sort. I don't know. Land. Land, something. Um... <laughs> had a currant bush and the currant bush was like growing all kinds of unruly and like being like I'm gonna be like a tree I'm gonna be the biggest currant bush ever wild, and the master of the garden or the master of the vineyard like cut it down mm -hmm. and was like Nabi you need to stop this nonsense <laughs> and just Got you there? Got literally you there? cut there. everything down and the currant bush was like I grew so much like I became big I was giving forth fruit, like, I was going to be the biggest currant bush ever, I was going to be like a tree, and the master was like, I don't need you to be a tree, I need you to be a currant bush, and so it's kind of like with us too, the Lord has something in mind for us, and he's, through the, that refiner's fire, he's going to cut us down a little bit, yeah, he's going to break us, but he's ultimately going to break us so that way he can put us back together the way that we yes. need to be put back together. We may not end up big like the current bush was. We might end up just making changes in small ways. Yeah. And that's fine. It's okay to come off as what the world might see as mediocre when we are doing everything that we are meant to be doing. 
because in that there is no greater virtue or integrity. When we are exactly who we are meant to be as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, that is all we need. Yeah, I, I grew up wanting to change the world. I have always dreamed of writing the ultimate book that changes everyone's minds and gets everyone on the right path and everything. Sure. But no, that's not going to happen because not everyone reads. No one likes, not a lot of people like to read in general. People are going to have different opinions. So like things like that are not possible. We can try to make the differences we want in our own small ways. Just because they not be as big as the world or as big as the universe, that does not mean it's bad or that small is too small to matter. As someone who is five feet tall, small is still good, so. Every little thing we do changes the world somehow. Mm-hmm. We really need to work on figuring out each other's like individual purposes. I always go back to that primary song, I Will Follow God's yes, Plan. it's such a good one. It's so simple, it's so great. and I'm just going to read it. My life is a gift. My life has a plan. My life has a purpose. In heaven it began. My choice was to come to this lovely home on earth and seek for God's light to direct me from birth. That's literally it. Like, mm-hmm. my life is a gift. My life, my life specifically, has a plan. My life specifically has a purpose. As I seek for God's light and his direction, he will tell me exactly what the plan is for my life. He'll tell me what the purpose is for my life. Mm-hmm. And he will remind me how much of a gift my life is. It's not just a, like, gift during the good times. Yes. Even during the crappy times where the confetti pieces of your life are scattered around you on the floor, figure out who you are. What is your end goal? Honestly, like, I joke, and I am very serious in this joke, that I will live in a lighthouse at the end of my life and just live that life. Such a great house. That's what I want. Just be prepared for all the stairs. (laughs) You put in an elevator. I'm going to put in one of those little, like, chairs that go upstairs. Yeah. Okay, never mind. You're set. I'm here for this. Um, (laughs) Like, even though I talk about having my life is I'm going to live in a lighthouse, that's not, like, it's not the only purpose of my life. Like, I wasn't born on this earth to just one day live in a lighthouse. And, like, I know ultimately, like, I really feel strongly that, like, a part of my purpose in life is to empower the people around me and to make Mm -hmm. them recognize who they are. Yes. As children of God. Like, I have felt that way since I was in middle school. And I have always felt that, like, I need to be that person that's like, you are freaking great. Like, put my hands on their face and just be like, you are amazing. You need to recognize that you have value and you are important. And then give them a little tap on the sides of the face and be like, go forth and do good things. Like, (laughs) I have always felt like that's, like, my big purpose in life. And so, I mean, doing this podcast is a way for me to fulfill that purpose in a way all the things that I've done all the callings that I've had that are mainly teaching callings that's true at least that I've had experience so far (laughs) and Relief Society president (laughs) Lord help us all but like all of those callings have been ways that the Lord has been letting me fulfill that purpose so like everything else after this I don't know what's going to happen next but I know I'm going to do that more yes tell people they're great listeners you are great I don't even know you but you're great of course you're welcome if you needed to hear yeah. that today but yes you are great you're amazing you're a child of god and we are doing all that we can to support you what so. do you feel like your purpose is kaylee oh my gosh i don't know as you were saying that's something that's been on my mind lately there was a lot of drama at work recently and i got called a few things that i've never been told before in my entire life oh. because i was like that is not the person i am and i actually didn't even like usually when i get insulted i get hurt you know that's just that's just natural. But when I heard that, like, those words did not even stick. 
because I was like, I've never been called that before because there's no reason for me to be called this because I am better than that. If I told anyone what that person had said to me, they'd all be like, I don't understand. Why would they say that? Because that is not true. Mm-hmm. And I have told a few people and exactly that outcome. So the little bit I know about this life that I am meant to do is to be kind to others. That is one of the main things that I've always been told. And it's one of the things that I've always tried to do. I mean, I do come off as snarky sometimes. I definitely come off as sassy. That's one of the main words that have been used for me in the last couple of years. But over my entire lifetime, the word kind has always been put towards uh, me. I don't, it might be like a synonymous thing to go with Kaylee kind. <laughs> that comes off a lot, but I, I strongly believe that I am here to support people, to be kind in any way that I can, to either, you know, just hold their hand, hold, hug them, to offer them a tissue, to do a fun podcast, to <laughs> inspire people, to follow and find their lighthouse and follow the Lord, um, anything like that. Also to write, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I definitely feel like you are meant to be like that kind oh, person. Oh, thank you. Because literally in the entire time I've known you and the entire time you've had that that job of which you speak, <laughs> <laughs> you have been significantly <laughs> kinder than I ever would have been there. Like, Thank you. That building would have been on fire years ago if it were right. me. Oh. So <laughs> I definitely know that you have... A special gift for kindness. Thank you. I appreciate you're that. Welcome. And you're amazing at everything that you do because I definitely feel that like that vibe coming off of you like whenever <laughs> we're together and that's really helped me in our friendship. You're Thanks. amazing. I love you. I love you're you amazing. Too. You're so great. <laughs> <laughs> we're not crying right now. No. We're just admiring each other from across the table. Yeah. That's I might be a little misty, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I feel like we should talk about these human lighthouses. Yes. So bring them into <laughs> the conversation. Human lighthouses. <laughs> I, it sounds really weird. <laughs> All I'm picturing is like a person with a light on their head, just like going back and forth. That's so great. Goes, I'm but... imagining some like toe like dressed and like like a, like like you know those like really sick lady. Liberty, Lady of yes. Liberty costumes, but like a huge lighthouse. The spotlight. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's what we should have been for Halloween. That would have been great. Next year. <laughs> Got it. Next year. So, here's a few, and we can talk more in depth about some of them or like gloss over a few of them Uh so literally we thought of three women and then I thought of one dude like at the last second I do not know two of these people though so you're gonna be the one okay so the first one I thought of was the dude was Steve Young Uh so Steve Young is like a great 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 descendant of Brigham Young he was a football player for the San Francisco 49ers for a long time in like the 90s and he was really known for being single for a long time people would pull that quote that Brigham Young said of like if you're over 25 and unmarried you're a menace to society people would pull that quote on him regularly like like in press interviews like he would be doing something for like end of season Uh And they would pull out that quote, and he'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, he would just be like, I'm here to talk about football. Like, why are you? And the, like, interviewers would just laugh, and he would just be like, like, you could just see it on his face. Like, I'm so over this. (laughs) And he stayed single for a really long time. And, you know, what was interesting about him is I don't really know everything, and I know there's someone out there listening who's probably like, you're getting it all wrong. I don't care. (laughs) Honestly, like, I was a kid when he was, like, going through all of this. So 
I'm sorry, my memory's a little hazy, a little fuzzy. Ultimately, like, he held out. Like, he kept doing what he loved to do, which was play football and do, like, a bunch of other things. He didn't put his life on hold just because he couldn't find a wife. And he kept, like, making goals to do something else or to be better and to do better, to, like, go on speaking tours, to do all of these other things. And he fulfilled all of those things, living as a single man. And then when he finally did settle down and, like, found his wife and started to have a family, like, he could say, like, to his kids, it's okay if you're this old and you don't get married because I was this old, I didn't get married But when I finally did get married, I found your mom. And she's, like, the greatest woman of all time. The love that he had for his wife when he finally did get married and, like, the way that he would talk about her in, like, interviews, on his speaking engagements, everything like that. You just knew how grateful he was that he had done all of those things in his single life and then found his wife and been able to create and cultivate that amazing life together. He was an example of staying faithful and staying true to himself and to what Heavenly Father had in store for him and trying to find his purpose along the way, even though obviously it was hard. And I love him for that. So, yeah. That's good. Oh, I didn't know all that. Yeah. But... I, I definitely feel like that for its part, you know, the singleness. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's not always fun, but it happens. Um, and you make the best of it. Um, and then Sherry Dew has definitely made the best of it. Um, she's, she's never been married. She's right? the I, queen, yeah. I do not know all of her life story. Sorry, Sherry Dew, if you ever listen to this. We love um, you, though. We love you. You're we amazing. <laughs> I've heard you speak in person, and it was amazing. If I ever meet um, you, I feel like I would do the Wayne's World, like, bowing to her, like, <laughs> not worthy. We're not worthy. Like, <laughs> yes. she's just amazing. Seriously. She's, she's done so much. She's been a prominent speaker, and I want to even say a leader within the church, because she's been in the Women's Society Presidency. She's uh, led Deseret Industries. Yep. She's done so much to help Latter-day Saints, finding out who they should be, who they can be um, within this lifetime. I'm preparing for the next one, and especially, I think, for women. And I remember mainly about my mom talking about her all the time because my, my mom did marry a, a little bit later. Um, she, I mean, a little later. She was like 26. Um, <laughs> but now I'm at that point, so she, it sounds young now. I know, right? <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, so my, my mom's always, like, read her books to us as kids, and she's always highlighted, like, all the strengths that Sherry Dew has. And so she's she's a prominent person, a woman in our church, because she has kept going. She has not let anything stand in her way from becoming the person that she is clearly meant to be. And there, there are not enough good words that I could say about Sherry Dew. She is Same. an amazing person. Um, I do think, because she's the one who said that, you know, Satan does groan when she wakes up every morning Ugh. because of all the good that she does. If he um, doesn't groan every morning because she wakes up, like, he will on the other <laughs> side when she gets there and she's just, like, yes. poking him in the eye with a stick, like, oh, yeah. in the millennium. <laughs> like, <laughs> For real. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and so she, yes, she's been single the whole time, but that's never been her great focus. Um, mm-hmm. She hasn't complained or whined um, about her singleness. She is just focused on what she can do. She knows that she has these talents, and she has put them to use for her, for herself, mm-hmm. for those around her, and for the church. She has supported her community, her family. She's supported so many people, and really just, just given her all to those around her. And I mean, if anyone needs an example of rocking the single life, 
just like a cherry do. Also, she has been a matchmaker for her friends. That's true. Because she's the one that introduced yes. President Nelson to his current yes. wife, Wendy Peterson Nelson. That is the cutest thing ever. Who we will talk about in a yes. few minutes. We All love right, that. you're going to have to bring up uh, Barbara Thompson. Okay, so Who Barbara Thompson was in the Relief Society General Presidency when I first started college. Okay. She is also like Sherry Dew. She's been single her whole life, and she never let her singleness, like, hold her back in any way, shape, or form. There's a talk, I can't remember what it is, but it's from, like, around, like, 2008, 2009, um, where she literally talks to the women specifically of the church, and she's like, you know, when I was going to college, or when I was of that age, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to find my husband and then she went to yes. college and she didn't find her husband so she got a degree and then <laughs> she was like all right well I'm gonna get a job and I'm gonna find my husband mm-hmm. and she got a job and she didn't find her husband and she was like you know what I'm gonna go on my mission she went on a mission she came back and she was like Did not bring I'm gonna find my husband and like through every step of the way she literally would say like I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna find my husband or I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this and then I'm gonna yeah. find my husband And when he didn't come along or when she couldn't find him, Mm -hmm. she was like, all right, I'm going to do this next thing. And I'm going to do this next thing. And she got like multiple master's degrees. She became like a president of a company at some point. Like she just is so kick-ass. Like, I'm sorry, there's no other way to explain this woman. (laughs) She is so amazing. And she stayed like super faithful. All of her siblings got married and Mm -hmm. had a bunch of kids. So she's like Aunt Barbara. And all of her, like, nieces and nephews knew her as, like, the single cool aunt. And, like, she literally, like, took over that title of being, like, the single cool aunt. And, like, she's traveled the world. She's done so many service projects through the church and outside of the church. And she's just, she's so cool. She's such an inspiration. And I especially love her because she has been so real about her. Her journey. She said in a couple talks, like, do I wish I had found my spouse? Absolutely. I wish I had. Right. But I don't discredit the life that the Lord has given me because I haven't found my husband. Yes. And she just kills it. Every time she talks, every time she does anything in her life, she's just the greatest example to me of being like a single sister in the church and just doing amazing things because you know that the Lord has more planned for you. She's amazing. That is incredible. I did not know that. I'm going to have to go read all of her stuff right now. Yeah. Well, right after this. Um, (laughs) And yeah, because I I mean, I think I I find I'm beginning to get out of that mindset where, okay, I'm going to do this and then find a husband. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the mentality that we've kind of been raised to have. Yeah. It's like not literally said, but it's like, it's kind of the expectation. It's implied. I mean, yeah, I, I can think back and all but like two of my roommates all throughout college and that was a crazy time. So I had a lot of roommates and I think all but two are married right now. And one of them is about to get married in the next couple of months. Yeah. And here I am. I'm going to say no prospects. <laughs> and I'm just feeling good and I'm just living my life. I'm doing what I can. I I'm I wanna be like Barbara Thompson now. And be like, I'm just going to keep doing this because I am living my life and I'm living it to the fullest and I'm doing what I can with what the Lord has given me. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. So cool. Oh, she's great. All right. Now we're going to bring up Wendy Peterson Nelson. Our favorite by far. Yes. She's amazing. We got to hear from her in life, in real life. Yeah. So in, in June, we were really, really lucky and blessed. So We blessed. had... 
President Nelson and his wife and President Uchtdorf and his wife and Shane M. Bowen and his wife come to Orlando and speak to basically everyone in the Orlando area. Yes. So it was amazing Aww. to have that opportunity. And we, as like single, young single adults, we were assigned to be like ushers and like hosts for the event. Right. So we were guaranteed to be in the Amway arena, listening to that wonderful thing mm. happen. Yes. And honestly, everybody's talk was amazing, especially the wives' talks. Wives' talks oh are gosh. always my favorite. Harriet so Uchtdorf is amazing. Oh my gosh. She's, She's so the precious. sweetest woman ever. <laughs> and Wendy Peterson Nelson was by far my favorite oh, speaker of the night. She was so I think I took the most notes from her because yeah. they were so impactful. They were everything just she what said. I needed. Every word that came out of her mouth was like gospel truth. Like and so like everything that we needed to hear. She talked about how she and President Nelson started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. And how essentially like oh, the two of them so like cute. met through Sherry Dew. Yep. Sister Nelson is really good friends with Sherry Dew. And she was like, you should just date Russell. Like <laughs> it's no big deal. She was like, just date him. And Sister Nelson was like, how does one date an apostle of the Lord? Like, how do you do that? And it was the cutest thing ever just hearing her talk about the mental tug of war she was going through with like, I've been single my whole life. I don't know if an apostle is the right man for me. Just like, and it wasn't even in a like holier than thou kind of way. It was literally a like, am I good enough to date an apostle? Also, how does one date an apostle? Also, also, how does one date an apostle that has kids and grandkids? That's true. And I'm going to be the second wife and, like, blended into this family. Like, they have lived so many years with their mother. And now, like, surprise, hey, I'm here. Yeah, there is so much that had to have gone into that. Yeah. They worked it out beautifully. Oh, so beautifully. So beautifully, but, like, that would have been so much to take on in the beginning. And to get to the point where they are now, where they get to travel together and do great things and give great talks is just amazing. The thing that I really loved was her talking about um, she knows when President Nelson is going to receive revelation and instruction from the Lord. And how he'll literally just, like, sit up straight and he'll be like, Wendy, it's time. And she just, like, pulls out a, like... A, like notebook and just like starts writing she's as he's so like talking and she's like it's stressful but like I figured it out and like this is really exciting and one day she was really stressed out about you know figuring out something in her life and President Nelson just turned to her and said Wendy the Lord is just as eager and willing to give you revelation as he is to give me revelation and when she said that, like, the entire arena went silent. Like, every single person in the room was just, like, clutching their chest, like, what? Like, it's so crazy to think the Lord is just as eager and excited and willing yes. to give each and every one of us revelation as he is to give the prophet revelation. Because he's our father. He's literally our father, and he wants to drop these spiritual truths and he's like holding them back and he's just waiting for us to That's ask right. for them. And once we finally ask for them, then he's like, have it all. Yeah, he's like, just take it. He wants to give us so much 
I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like how dads want to like do all this, fun, all these fun things with their kids. Like they want to have fun. They want to make their kids happy. And that's our Heavenly Father. He's like, this is my kind of fun. This is how we can be together. This is our time together when we are talking. But when we're actually praying, that's our communication. That is our time with our Heavenly Father. He's going to want as much time with us as possible. And he's going to have a lot to say to us if we're just willing to sit there and listen or stand there and listen. And on that, something else that Sister Nelson said, which was something very impactful for me um, in regarding to, you know, finding our lighthouse and everything. She said for us to say to the Lord to please help me to fulfill the mission for which I have been sent to earth for. To me, that was like the permission I needed to yeah. be like, Lord, like, tell me everything. Uh, usually I'm just like, can I can I just get some help so I don't have to deal with like a lot of traffic today? Or, you know, I just, please bless my food. You know, please bless this sugary cereal that I know is not going to do anything good to my veins and just bless it. That's yeah. what I usually go for because to me that's a modest enough ask. But Sister Nelson, like I felt like this was the permission that I've been waiting for that I think a lot of people have been waiting for to just turn to the Lord and be like, tell me everything. Like help, I, I need your help to do everything that I can do on this life. That was the moment for me where my brain literally lit up Yes, because I had been thinking for months before, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, I mean, I was still employed at this point. <laughs> um, I still had a big girl job at this point in my life. But I was like, I feel like I'm not doing what you need me to be doing in my life. I feel like I am in this spiritual and physical rut where I'm stuck and I don't know how to get out. And I'm just going through the motions and doing things because this is what's expected of me in my career, in my personal life, in my spiritual life, in everything. And when she said that line, I was like, this is what I need to start adding to my prayers. And as soon as I said, I am taking a risk right here, <laughs> Heavenly Father, but help me fulfill the mission for which I have been sent to earth for. Like, help me fulfill the measure of my creation. That was the other line that she said. And as soon as I said that, that's when the Lord was like, all right, let's go. As soon as I asked that question in my prayers, the Lord really delivered on that promise. Like, he has not held back at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still don't know entirely what I'm supposed to do with, like, my career and that sort of yeah. thing. But that's, like, a little thing in the grand, in the eternal scheme of things. Mm -hmm. The Lord is more concerned with what I'm doing to, like, fulfill my calling, to be a better friend, to be a better sister, to be a better disciple of Christ in general. And that is really the measure for which I've been created. It's cool. You should really try it out, people. It's scary. Honestly, oh, yeah. don't do it if you're not prepared for the answer. <laughs> and That's it took true. me a while you to get to that point. Yourself. Go to the temple a few times. Just read yeah. the scriptures. Pray for the strength to, to get to the point where you need to be, where you can be ready for it. And ask that question, like, when you're alone. That was another thing that I didn't really think through. I really okay. should have. I thought about it for, like, the week after. Like, I could not get that phrase out of my head. That quote that you said, like, help me fulfill the mission for which I've been sent to earth for. And then her other one of help me to fulfill the measure of my creation. I couldn't get those two lines out of my head for a solid week. And I could not stop thinking about them. And I knew that I needed to ask that question, but I was afraid of what the answer would be. So I yes. didn't for like a week afterwards. And then I did. And I asked it like as I was driving, like making my commute to work. Yeah. And I completely fell apart oh, in my car yes. when I got, like, the answer. And I was oh. not ready for it. And then I had to pull myself together and, like, oh. make it to my restaurant, like, mm -hmm. looking like a semi-normal human, even though I just had an existential yeah. crisis in my car where right. the Lord was telling me things Obviously. that I was overwhelmed with. But make sure that you are in the right place. 
mentally and physically <laughs> to receive <laughs> that answer. Wise. Maybe not be yeah. diving. And then even like through all this, especially everything that uh, Sister Nelson shared with us and everything else that we've discussed so far, I think is very important for us to keep in mind. All of it is spiritually directed, but the more we do take all of that input and that advice and that guidance, it's also going to help us through our temporal lives. Yeah. Like we're not going to do all the spiritual stuff and then be left in a dump kind of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're not going to be left on the side of the road with all this great spiritual guidance and nothing to do about it. The Lord is going to guide us in the right direction. It's going to lead us to the roles and the jobs, to the people that we need to be around in order to achieve our spiritual mission. Um, because through that, we can only achieve the spiritual mission on this earth by doing things on this earth, mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. So while the, the temporal mission is the short-term version of the spiritual mission, we need to use it to, to get there. All right, so I'll tie that in with Elder Jorge um, Alvarado's talk in the October 2019 conference that just happened, and his talk titled, After the Trial of Our Faith, and he said that no matter the obstacles we face in life, we can trust that Jesus Christ will prepare a way forward as we walk in faith. God has promised that all who live according to the covenants they have made with him will, in his time, receive all his promised blessings. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland taught, some blessings come soon, some come late, and some don't come until heaven. But for those who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, they come. That is so important. It is so important because, I mean, especially as single adults, we're constantly wondering if we're missing out on something that we should be experiencing. We're always wondering if this is enough for us because part of us knows that it really isn't. Yeah. Because there is supposed to be more that we're able to experience, and we don't know when we will. So it's like the anticipation is killing us, but also we have to like live with everything else we've got going on. Through the obstacles and the blessings and the trials in our life, we just have to keep in mind that the Lord is going to help us in His time. And we do not know when that is. He's probably not going to ever tell us. And we're just, we just have to trust Him and do what we can. You know? I love that, especially because of that very last bit. Like, for those who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, they come. Those blessings are always going to come for us. They're yes. not going to come in the time frame that we expect them to come, but they're going to come, period. I'm getting misty-eyed. Just thinking about, like, our purpose in our lives, the Lord has so much that he wants to give us, and he has all of these things. Like, I think of the blessings as, like, presents wrapped up on a table that he's, like, waiting to give to us on, like, our birthday and our next birthday. Like, he has every birthday present for the out. rest of eternity planned out. And they're all up in a little shelf with our names on them. And he's just for us. waiting for us to either be ready for that blessing or mm -hmm. to ask for that specific blessing. Like, the yes. timing of it all. Mm -hmm. And only I he like knows that. when we're going to get that specific blessing. As we're trying to find our purpose in life, it's there. Yeah. The answer to what our purpose in life is and the answer to what we're supposed to be doing in our lives, each one of us mm -hmm. individually, what Heavenly Father's plan is for each and every one of us separately, the Lord's like, here's a little gift, like here's a gift card. <laughs> this is like one little example of a blessing that I have in store right. for you. And then like it's all building up to this like gigantic gift that's like the size of Texas that's waiting for me. So while we're waiting on those blessings and as we're working for those blessings, we need to consider what are we doing to prepare ourselves for those blessings as well. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that's a pretty good place to end this podcast. Yeah. To remember that the family proclamation is meant for everyone and we don't always have to keep waiting and wondering when our spouse is going to arrive. We just need to concentrate on where we're at on 
concentrate on our relationship with the Lord, most importantly of all, and to consider all the things that we can be doing to continue growing in our in this current life, in our current roles, to be doing all that we can to, to find our lighthouse. And we're not going to find that just by sitting around. And good things are coming for all of us. Yeah. We just have to keep our eyes open. Keep your eyes open for that lighthouse on the coast. Mm-hmm. Your lighthouse is out there. You'll find it. And if not, you might run into Tracy and hers. Yeah, so. you're always welcome at my lighthouse. Yes. As long as you're willing to put me into a Victorian dress and allow me to sing on the balcony to wayfaring ships at sea or lure seamen to their death or anything, you know, anything like as that. long as you're game, I'm game. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Masterpiece Theater from PBS. Just kidding. Thanks for listening today. If you have any thoughts from this episode, things you want to hear in the future, or just want to be friends, email us at funeralpotatoesforthesingles at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. 